Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey everyone and welcome back to another episode of It Ain't Week to Speak. My name is Sam Webb and this show is dedicated to ending the stigma around mental health through community, connection and the hard-hitting truth. I'll be speaking with guests from all over the world about life to inspire and to educate people to speak up so that we can save more lives. Thank you for joining me on this journey. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of It Ain't Week to Speak. I hope whatever you've been up to, you're practicing a lot of self-care. Big love goes out to everyone who's been affected by the coronavirus. I've been told that there's now over a billion people all around the world that are in some form of lockdown and I know that at the end of all of this we will get through it together. I hope that you guys take some insights from this episode today and send them to friends, family, people who might be struggling, who might be panicking during this time. We must remain vigilant. However, we must remain very calm as best as we can and focus on the things that we can control. On behalf of the the Living team, I'd like to say a big thank you and much love for taking the time that you guys devote each week to the podcast. Thank you so much for spreading it to friends and family along the way also. It's definitely helping us spread this very important message. Well, I can't wait to get this next guest on the show today. His name is David Higgs. He goes by the name of Higgsy, an extremely successful fashion and celebrity photographer, now bases himself out of Hollywood here in Los Angeles. He's only a couple of neighborhoods from me, believe it or not. I'm in West Hollywood. He's originally from Australia, country Victoria, Wangaratta in Ned Kelly town. He's a great man doing great things, but he's got a very, very serious story that he's going to share with us all today. He was one of the unlucky people who, who've contracted the coronavirus. I want to talk to Higgsy about how he got it, how he managed it, how he bounced back, what were the symptoms that he experienced, and how this affected his mindset. I'm also going to find out other things that he's been able to share along the way to help him grow as a person, how this experience has helped him grow deeper on an emotional level, and how he's impacted other people along the way. But without further ado, I want to get Higgsy on the show. He's got a story you don't want to miss. Let's bring him on. Welcome, Higgsy. I'm joined by a, another Aussie out here in the beautiful, sunny Los Angeles, West Hollywood. I believe this man's in and around this area somewhere, but we're going to find out. Higgsy, welcome onto the podcast. It's a pleasure having you on, brother. How are you? I'm good, thanks, Sammy. Thanks for having me on, mate. I'm uh, very excited. I've never done anything like this before and uh, hoping that you and I can confuse the shit out of people and just really lean into our lingo a bit. <laughs> mate, no doubt we will. Jeez, I don't know who's got a stronger accent. Is it you or I? Because, mate, they're I think so... I act stronger, but I talk more shit. Yeah. Well, no, I'm looking forward to it, mate. Thanks for taking the time. Whereabouts, mate, are you in LA? 
Uh, I'm in sort of like the border of um, Hollywood and Larchmont. So looking straight up at the uh, Hollywood sign, but it's sort of deeper Hollywood. I like to call it South Hollywood, but everyone told me that's not a thing. So I can't call it Soho. How long have you been out in the States for? Yeah, it'll be three years in July. So I was lucky enough to uh, win the green card lottery a while back and uh, came out here and did a lot of back and forth the first couple of years. And now, uh, now I've sort of, I'm well and truly um, rooted in here. Isn't that a bit of a, uh, a blessing? Winning the green card lottery, mate. I'm going through the process right now of getting a new visa, and isn't it? It's the most challenging thing in the world. And you know, obviously, you're the same as me. Like, we don't have real jobs um, in quotation marks. It's a lot easier visa-wise. Like, I don't have to worry about who reps me or anything like that. I can just, you know, I have nearly all the same rights as uh, as a, another American. Yeah, that's awesome, mate. That's good to good to meet you. And for a little bit of context for those who are listening, I've only recently met Higgsy uh, not so long ago. My girlfriend and uh, Higgsy's profession, his expertise in photography, which I want to find out more about in a moment, worked with Nadia some time ago. And that's how we sort of connected through another friend. And then it turns out that you knew Nadia and she knew you and you'd heard of living and all this sort of stuff, mate. So it's a, it's a very small world and it's, it's always good running into other like-minded people out here in LA because it can be a, a lonely place at times. Very much so, mate. Very much so. But a uh, big fan of what you're doing. I think it's um, pretty incredible kind of stuff, especially for someone like yourself, like a, you know, quite a man's man to kind of really step up and, and be brutally honest about things. That's the main reason I was happy to like wanted to be a part of this because, you know, someone like you is very inspiring for other people. So even if one thing I say in the next 40 minutes makes sense to someone, then, then I, I think it's worth it. No doubt, mate. You absolutely will. I can't wait to talk about you know, your experiences obviously of late, but before we talk about anything and everything, you know, your experiences through the coronavirus and everything else in between that, can we rewind the clock? Let's talk about your, your profession. What are you doing out here in LA and, and what's your passion? So I'm a, a, a fashion and celebrity photographer. I was a lot more fashion based before I moved here. Um, was coming back and forth a lot. Do a lot of like commercial fashion, so activewear, swimwear, streetwear, things like that. Like a lot of you know any any of the clothes that we'd wear on a daily basis, that sort of stuff. So commercial stuff that brought me a lot here because I shoot predominantly on location. So you come to a place where it rains eight days a year doesn't means I don't have to do weather checks. Whereas in Melbourne was a little bit like yeah we can do six days each side and we still might not be able to do the shoot. So moved over here. Uh, Got a really nice agent. He's a legend. It's a, always a slow process in LA. As anybody that's ever come here to, to sort of chase something a bit bigger it takes a bit of time. You've got to be patient and you know pretty strong-willed. But uh, from that, sort of moved then into doing a lot more celebrity stuff as well, which has been really exciting. Meet some really cool people and do some really cool shoots and stuff like that. So yeah, it's, it was really starting to hit my straps before the uh, the whole world shut down. <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm sort of walking around the house, and you know, there's not much I can do in terms of. Um, my actual work at the moment due to Corona stuff. Cause you know, can't really be with somebody. The worst thing you could do right now is put 10 people in a studio together and let everyone breathe on each other for four hours. So yeah, that brought me over here and I, and I love it. I love, I love being here. I love, I love shooting in like in the beach and the desert and the mountains and that sort of stuff. And with LA, it's every hour and a half to anything really. Yeah. It's amazing. We can, in the snow, it? we can be in the desert, we can be in the beach, whatever you want. Like, and, um, and just the quality of light and everything here is beautiful. And, and you know, yeah, I love being here. If you if we were to compare back to Australia and you know Melbourne is, and that's where you're from, uh, that's where your roots are. Yeah. Yeah, I grew up outside, but that's where I spent the last sort of 10, 12 years in Melbourne. So I grew up out in like country Vic. For the people who who have never been to the states before and who don't know too much about America, what what do you feel is the biggest difference from Australia to the states and and your transition over here, man? 
I'm really going to steer clear of it, like the negative side of things um, of, of one or the other. I just don't like to kind of focus on that sort of stuff. But I think here it's just the sheer weight of numbers. Like we're living in a state that's got twice as many people as, as the whole country of Australia. So that just by sheer numbers gives you opportunities that don't exist. Like Greater LA is, is the size of like our three or four biggest cities put together. So you get all these opportunities that exist here and and then if you kind of break it down even to into just LA, like obviously it's, you know, all the actors and all that sort of stuff. There is so much kind of happening here. It's definitely a different system in sense of like uh, everyone kind of, my mate sort of says it's a place of the slow no. So every time you go into the door, you're like, oh, yeah, we love this. Yeah, yeah your work's going to be great. Rah, rah, rah. Yeah, we'll get together. And about eight months later, like, yeah, no. Nah, <laughs> Mate, it's so true, isn't it? It gets very tiring. You know, every time you come home from a meeting, how's the meeting go? Oh, yeah, really good. They really liked it. Oh, what happened with that? Yeah, no, nah, it was no. There tends to be a little bit more bullshit here, but, it's, but then once you kind of work that out, you can use it to your advantage as well. There is a lot more opportunity here, but then also there's a lot more competition. What I do like here is everybody's up for anything. If you say, oh, I want to do this, you're like, oh, great. Yeah, look, let's do it. Like, let's, let's go for it. Uh, like, no, because everybody else is also trying to get there. Everyone's got something they want to get from somebody to get somebody somewhere, whatever, whatever it is they're doing, whether they're an actor, whether they're a photographer, a model, anything, restaurants, businesses, anything. Everyone's trying to get somewhere. So everyone will work together. Obviously, everybody has their vested interests, but it does mean you do that do that and everyone kind of gets around you a lot more i find yeah and i think you know even my short time over here i've only been i've been back and forth since march of 2019 and you know to talk about inspiring i feel like especially being in the thick of it here in west hollywood and pursuing acting and whatnot on the side it's definitely inspiring being around the culture it's it's almost like if you live and breathe something it almost becomes a habit for you and you work harder and yes i get that there's a lot more competition, but I'm also finding out here people are a lot more open-minded. It's very supportive out here. And even talking about mental health in general, I find is definitely something out here in LA. I know it's the land of the free, but I feel like this is city of the free. Everyone's really acceptable about seeing their therapists and talking up if they're struggling. And, you know, it's, it's, it's really, it's, it is really nice to hear that, you know, especially when people are going through tough times, they're very open about their struggles over here. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Like, and I think like even the, the the name of your podcast is is literally obviously they wouldn't put it in that way. They'd have, they'd say it in a much less Australian way. But <laughs> people are, are very very keen to share here. Like they're always interested in sharing. Sometimes it's too much. Sometimes you're like, okay, yeah, look, we're just we're just watching football. Just relax. You're very much allowed to feel your feelings. You're allowed to be ambitious. You're allowed to you're allowed to struggle. You're allowed to like. You're allowed to say, I want this. I want to be the best at whatever it is you want to be. And people are like, oh, great, cool. Like, let's let's do it. Like, you're allowed to um, have that level of ambition here. No, nah, I love it, man. I love it. And I'm glad, as I said, I'm glad that I've run into another like-minded Aussie chasing chasing dreams, having fun at the same time and, and in trying to enjoy life, I guess, as best. But it's not an easy transition, mate. I mean, I'm sure for you, your first few years over here wasn't just a slipping straight into the photography world. And it's been a success because it hasn't been the same for me, mate. It's been a struggle, this transition. Yeah, look, and everybody says to me, like, yeah, you know, one of my best mates over here is Grant Smiley, and he's been here for a lot longer than me, and everybody that's come here is going to have some form of struggle. No one walks straight through the door because there's so much going on here. Like, people need to see you for a year before they even trust you. Otherwise, because it's so transient here. But, like, you know, he's always sort of said, it was like, you know, it's only till like, year three do you actually feel like you start to make it here. You know, my, my first six months here, I, I think I shot two jobs, and they were Australian clients that I shot here. Yeah, you know, every everybody has like their own sort of level of it, 
And when you first get here, you kind of feel like you, you're, it's embarrassing. Like, oh shit, I've just I met those three guys and they're killing it. But like, I'm struggling to rub a couple of bucks together. But then once you realize everybody has done the same thing, doesn't matter if it's an actor, doesn't matter if it's a um, restaurant, everybody's had that level where you get here and it takes a bit. It's humbling too, you know, it sort of strips, strips you back to your core. And It is really good. Yeah. Like I sort of, you sort of think anybody that has been here for that two to four to five years is going to be a quite like well-rounded person because they're going to learn a lot about themselves and about how, how much struggles, you know, the, the struggle of it and then the success of it as well. So we'll talk about, mate, talk about learning more about yourself and you've probably learned more about yourself in the last few weeks and then you've probably ever learned about yourself ever. Mate, what, what happened? I've seen your video on, on your Instagram. We'll talk about that soon, but we're in a very, very scary situation here in the world. People are losing their jobs. People are struggling now more than ever. And I feel like organizations like Livin are needed more now than ever, especially when it comes to, you know, talking, keeping conversations alive, checking in with loved ones, being there for your friends or family. Let's talk about, you know, game-changing moment for you with the coronavirus. I mean, we see it on the news. It's flooded in the media. Shops are shut. LA's like a ghost town. New York's closed. A billion people in the world, as we're speaking right now, are in some form of lockdown. And we hear so much of the coronavirus and the amount of people that are dying and the amount of people that it's affecting and on a daily basis. But I've never actually spoken to someone until now who's actually had the coronavirus. Higgsy, tell me what happened. I want to know. I definitely want to premise it by saying like, this isn't a cry for sympathy contracting the virus. I haven't, I didn't, haven't even really worked out the right way to say it yet. You know, overall, my, my symptoms are mild. I was very, very lucky in my case. I had uh, some discomfort and all that sort of stuff. But when you look around the rest of the world, like even today, I heard about like the fact that Boris Johnson's in all, in all sorts and all these other people are getting super, super sick. I'm very lucky in that sense. So I, don't, I definitely don't deserve any sympathy for having the actual virus itself. It hasn't, it's, but anyway, so we, we, can, we can backtrack to the start of it. Basically, I have a really nervous twitch where I touch my face a lot. So in this day and age, it's really fucking bad. I don't know exactly how I contracted it. But I went to a couple of big sporting events, probably three or four days before I had my first symptoms. And one of the sporting events is a football game. And Football's in NFL, yeah? No, soccer. Soccer, soccer, soccer sorry. And uh, whenever I go to that, because I'm a, uh, a heavy fan, I, I spend a lot of time rubbing my face and getting stressed. And that was a three-all game. So that was really fun. Oh, you would have been losing it. <laughs> I basically just fed myself the virus, maybe. I don't know. It's hard to say because it's so innocuous to, as, to, as to how to get it. I had people around me all that day and not one of them has got the symptoms. And that was a month ago. I was at the LA Marathon and then I had, I had drinks with like 15 people at a, on, a, on a small table out in Santa Monica. And then I sat in a stadium with 22,000. So on the Tuesday, late the Tuesday night, I started to develop a little bit of a <coughs> kind of vibe. What did you think? So, and, and did you think, are you, are you a hypochondriac? Do you think straight away, shit, this is the coronavirus? Or did you just think, just, just got a bit of a sore throat coming on? Uh, I just thought, I was just like, it was just, yeah, I just couldn't clear my throat a bit. And then I woke up on the Wednesday and I was supposed to go to the gym with my mate and I felt pretty shitty. My body was like, it just hit me all overnight. Um, my body was really sore. Throat was really sore. I had a headache. I didn't really have a fever, but it felt like I had a really, really big night out. Like smoked a whole pack of cigarettes, been drinking, carrying on, like all, like my whole body was sore. But even then I was like, oh, it's just probably just whatever. I've just got a bit of a bug. So I can't, I was lucky. I canceled the gym. I was like, oh, I'm not coming to the gym. I was supposed to see my mate for dinner that night. Canceled that. 
And then I spoke to my mum and she was like, nah, you've got to go in, you've got to go in. Thursday was okay, I'd kind of improved a little bit. And then I, I thought, no, look, I'll go in and get tested. And I was lucky enough to get a test because you can't really get them anymore. And the only reason they gave it to me is because I'd been in Australia two and a half weeks earlier. So they just, oh, you've travelled, we have to test you. And then Friday I was fine. Like I was just still feeling pretty shitty, but it was all right. It wasn't too bad. And then Saturday I felt all right. I was like, oh, I'm looking forward to getting this phone call to tell me that I haven't got it because I'm going to go for a run. I'm just, you know, getting real edgy. And then he called me. He's like, yeah, man, like you're a confirmed case. I was like, what? No way. And I'm like, I wasn't scared. A lot of people have said to me, were you scared? And I was like, I wasn't scared. I was just in shock. Like I was like, no fucking way. This isn't a thing. The coronavirus isn't a thing. It's not like, this is like how the whole world's reacted this whole way. Like everyone's kind of said, said it isn't and then said it is. And then from there, I actually went downhill a few times, but it was kind of like I'd get one symptom, it would die off and then I'd get another symptom. So that Saturday, I had really, really bad headaches. It felt like my face was swelling and then I kind of went into coughing and then towards the end, it was I had a lot of breathing issues. But I was set up really well. I had a lot of food. I had friends bringing me stuff over. I've got a beautiful family. Like my brothers are my best mates. We're speaking to them every day and they're in lockdown in Barcelona and Berlin. And mum and dad are living in or kind of squatting in France at the moment. So they're in lockdown there as well. So we're all in the same boat in terms of isolation and stuff like that. So we, you know, a lot of connection that way. And then, yeah, the, the, I mean, that's that's sort of the health side of it. Um, what did it feel like at its worst though? Like as far as symptoms for you, and I mean, and we can reiterate this and everyone will know that everyone's symptoms could be different. There's, you hear it on the news. Some people don't even know that they've got coronavirus and they're walking around with it, but they're not even affected. And that, that's, that's possible. What was the worst it got for you in terms of health? Did you ever feel, fuck, I'm dying? I'm, I think I could actually die here? Nah, nothing like that. I think for me, the worst was, and I, don't probably, I probably didn't realize it at the time, was that first day when I was like, when I couldn't get out of bed. But again, because I didn't, I wasn't really assessing what I was feeling because I did, I was just like, I just got a bug. I had beers on Sunday, whatever, like maybe I'm just a bit crook from the weekend or something. But that was now in hindsight, that was when I had it all at one time. And that was the worst. I mean, it's, it is what everyone says. It's, it's just like a shocking flu. Like I couldn't keep my eyes open. Like I said, like to touch anywhere on my body was like, it like hurt. Like touching your legs when you've just done legs day or something like that. But all over like anywhere I touched on my body. So that was the worst. But then, like I said, it just, then I just went one for one for the rest of the, the virus. So I'd have, like get that really sore face. I felt like my nose was just like pushing off my face. Did you ever get fevers or anything or throw up or do you spew? Or? I never really got big fevers and I didn't get any nausea. There was no nausea. And I don't think nausea is really a thing. A lot of people have asked me about if I lost my appetite and sense of smell. And I had a lot of people saying that that happened to them. And, I, and again, I'm not sure if it actually happened to me or if it's just because I wasn't eating. But the first sort of seven to eight days, I barely ate because I wasn't burning any energy. I was sleeping till two o'clock, awake till midnight, but I'd just be sitting there doing nothing. So I was sleeping maybe, sometimes I was sleeping maybe four hours a night because I wasn't burning any energy. I was, I'd eat maybe one meal a day. But now, and again, in hindsight, maybe it was, it was also because I didn't have a sense of taste and smell, but also I just did, I wasn't hungry. I just wasn't hungry because I was, wasn't doing anything. Once I started being able to do little bits of exercise, I was then then that sort of changed a bit. It was just uncomfortable a lot. Like I was just always uncomfortable. I did have one bad day of coughing and I had one bad day of breathing, but they were probably two days apart. What was the breathing like? Yeah, I'm interested to know. 
someone had dropped off something at my house and so and I was on the phone to my mum and dad and I walked sort of down my stairs which is like maybe 10 stairs and I grabbed this just a, I think it was an Amazon box I can't remember what it was and I was talking to mum and as I came back up I literally like had to drop down and like stop talking to her because like I'd run out of breath and I was fighting for that probably 24 hours if I said like maybe two to three sentences I would <sighs> wow yeah but again I don't think it was that bad compared to what other people have got and now I think I mentioned to you when we were sort of chatting before about I have noticed how sort of sort of hard it is with my lungs if I do go for a run now. Um, and I had been exercising, so it's not like I'm it's not like I'm unfit as such. So I've got this appointment today to hopefully try and find out if there's damage in there and what's what's sort of going on there. But everything is so fresh with all this stuff that you just don't even know. Like I'm donating my blood today for research. Like apparently they're using confirmed coronavirus patients to donate blood to people who have it. And apparently it can, I don't want to say exactly what it is because it's confuses the shit out of me, but otherwise point is I'm just giving my blood to like a few different places that are using Corona infected blood to solve a lot of issues. Apparently. I want to debunk some things in terms of isolation and, and having it yourself. I mean, I went for a run this morning. I do a lap around my block, right? And as you know, there's a lot of people trying to keep fit and exercise at this time of the year, especially now more than ever, because we're all locked in our own homes. As I'm going around the corner, people are like sidestepping you, like trying to like run 50 meters away from you because they're worried. There's like a stigma that shit, they might have it. What's this recovery process been like for you in terms of isolation, looking after yourself? What was the doctor advice that you got? And what's worked for you? What's worked for Higgsy? Initially, when he first rang me, he was just like, because I, I said I, I had a, a mate that wanted to stay with me. He's like, oh, look, he can stay. You're just going to stay six feet away from him and just don't make sure he doesn't touch any of your shit. So it is as simple as don't get coughed on by somebody who's got it and don't put it in your mouth or something if you if you touch something. So it is as simple as that, but obviously that's pretty, you know, how many things you touch in a day, how many and times rub you touch your eyes and your face. Yeah, and what, exactly, yeah 100%. Exactly. I probably halfway through, I just had to start exercising um, because I was just going, crazy that was a really slow process but that's that was that's been a really big help to kind of getting back into some normality it is a bit weird now going out so basically i was told that i'm supposed to get retested but you can't get retested there's just not enough tests so my doctor told me seven days past final symptom which everyone's saying that you just do the 14 days once you do the 14 days you're done which i think is is quite irresponsible i had my final symptom and then i waited basically eight days before i even left the house even that when i left the house it was to like run around the block i walked around the block now like it's been nearly two weeks and so i'm sort of stepping out and i missed the distancing so when i went when i went in there was none of this was happening yeah you got it right when they started closing everything down yeah, so I, I walked out like last week to like 28 days later shit. Like it was a really strange feeling. And then you kind of have your paranoia about the fact that you've had it. And you're like, do they know? Do they, are they scared of me? Or like, And then what are they going to think? Are they going to be like, oh, don't go near them. They've had the coronavirus. Because it, made, it has a lot of stigma attached to it. It's almost like mental health in a way, really. When we talk about stigma, you know, it's un- lack of understanding. Yeah, and that's the thing. There's, there's no, there's not, there's not much to understand about it, and that's why I'm, I'm sort of going to go do all this um, blood donation and stuff to try and help. And that is why, like, if we kind of tie into you mentioned my videos, like, I've never really been a guy to talk about myself in terms of in that sort of thing. I've never put myself on a video ever. I take, I stand behind a camera, and I'm very comfortable with that. And when I sort of found out, I spoke to my younger brother, who's, who's in Barcelona, and he's a chiropractor and really into it, like his health and all that sort of stuff. And he sort of said to me, he's like, you've got a really unique opportunity here to actually give some people some insight. No, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. One, because of the stigma. 
And I just like, well, no, everyone's going to look at me like I'm, I've got something wrong with me. Uh, he's like, also, you can, you know, help people relax. Like, you know, it's bigger than you. Like, take a hit for yourself. And then a, a girlfriend of mine who's got an activewear brand back home, she, I'd spoken, I sort of told her and she's like, whoa. And she started asking me all these questions. I'm like, wow. If you, she's like, I'd love to know the answers to these. I'm like, oh. So she kind of pushed me into it as well. So it was a real step out of my comfort zone to sort of do it. But I'm so glad I did it now because like probably in the first three days after the, after my first video of kind of explaining that I, what had happened and all this stuff, I was probably receiving 50 messages an hour because it really kind of blew up. It had some sort of a um, couple of kind of celebs and stuff that I've worked with here share it. And then I sort of kept going with the process and it really, I'm, I'm really glad I did it because it made... I think it made a lot of people more relaxed about the thing because, like you said, we don't know anything about it. So everyone's going, reading that media article and that media article and like that person, you know, we're seeing the footage of people falling over and obviously there is all that stuff happening, but it's, you know, for the majority of us, we're going to be healthy and stuff like that. So it's very ambiguous. I'm fo- like, it's very ambiguous. You hear so many different things right now, especially with people online telling you what you can and can't do, where you should and shouldn't go. Then the news media saying, this is what... One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. It looks like this is how much it's it's spreading and it's just like creating all of this panic and chaos and uncertainty and skepticism and anxiety amongst so many people who are otherwise healthy so then we look at people like you know us and obviously everyone's on a different journey i understand that 
But what what was your biggest takeaway from it? Obviously going, nah, I'm not sharing it to going, yep, I'm going to share it and seeing how much it's helped people. It's educated people. It's given them insight, maybe tips, maybe tricks. And maybe it's helped you too with unpacking it yourself and saying, you know what? It's not that bad. It's not a stigma and it's fine. This is just something that happened to me and, and, and I'm, I'm through it and I'm going to use my experience to help other people. Something that I kind of say the whole way through the videos is that the videos weren't about me, it's about we. And it's about trying to help other people feel better about like where they're at. And even if they do have it, I'm like, hey, just I was I was like getting as much information as I could from reputable sources. I was staying off like news websites and shit like that because it's just aggressive. But like I was lucky to have a really good doctor in Arizona. I would call her on the phone. She'd give me a lot of stuff and she treated a lot of the early patients in, a, in the US in January. So she knew a shit ton about it. But then just, I think probably the, the biggest takeaway personally for me is probably about how, how much I've got to know myself and, and can reconnected, well, not reconnected, just connected to like a bit deeper and what, what I'm like. I'm pretty kind of superficial in terms of my emotions. Like I'm happy or I'm hungry or I'm, that's sort of as hard as, as bad as deep as I get. But it's allowed me to really kind of open up in, and, and, and notice what, what I love and what I hate and things like that. And, I'm a really social person. I get a lot of my energy from other people. You're a big ball of energy. You are, Higgsy, especially the day I met you on a few beers down, mate. You- yeah, that had nothing to do. Yeah, that was definitely the beers. You know, learning learning about that sort of thing. And I think if I try and look at the positives out of it, and I think it's there's some really, I've done it personally. I know a lot of other people have as well that created some really beautiful social connections. A few of my friends that, yeah, we're friends of mine, but like I, I speak to them a lot more regularly now. Like we, we've connected on certain things. I think it's really interesting the way that people are connecting and people are forcing connections as well. Like, you know, the fact this Zoom thing, like how many how many Zoom meetings do you see a day of people hanging out and all this sort of stuff? And I think what it's done is evolved social connection past people just sort of sitting on their phones and, and hanging around at a bar together or something like that. It's actually allowed people to kind of get back into, you know, it's allowing people to to try something they've never done or there's a lot of people that are getting negative about like oh there's you know this person's putting that on instagram and this person's putting that on instagram I'm like who cares i saw a really cool quote about like you know this is this is an opportunity for people that were like wanted to be a photographer or wanted to be a singer or wanted to do this but never had, could never do it for them to try stuff and and i think there is some really kind of beautiful things to come out of it obviously there's this this it's fucking scary but I think you can kind of look into a lot of stuff. You can focus on yourself. You can focus on the people you love. You can like connect with people and stuff like that. And, you know, like the isolation really probably towards the end landed on me a lot more. You know, I was, I was lucky with the videos that I was getting so much, so much support, even though my intention was to try and help others. But towards the end, there was a few little things that started to feel like they were out of my control. And I sort of mentioned it in one of the videos and I won't sort of go too much, won't go into what, what it was, but I sort of, had a really kind of low period for probably 24, 48 hours where I couldn't get out of bed, had a bit of insomnia, things like that. And I sort of realized, I'm like, these are things that are out of my control. And when you're locked in, isolated fully, and there's something that's out of your control, there's no point really even focusing on it because you can't do anything about it. So you just focus on, I started to then focus on the things that I could do. And that would mean checking in on people I know need to be checked in on, sending a message here, having a phone call there, doing some exercise and things like that. And I think that's kind of, as you, if you look at it as an overall thing, a lot of the main thing people are getting stressed about is the spread and where the world's going to go and all that sort of stuff. And a lot of that is out of our control. All you can really do is control your own backyard at the moment. And that means, if that means staying home and it means keeping clean and keeping socially distant, then 
okay, well, that's, that's, what, that's what you can control. That's all you can do. You can't control what happens in China. That's, there's nothing we can do about that sitting here in Hollywood. And the sooner you realise that there's stuff like that, that are out of control and you can just focus on the, what, you know, what you can, you do start to feel straight away a bit better about it. It's more realistic too, mate, isn't it? Because we can easily get carried away with thinking and trying to control things that are far out of our control, you know, because we get sucked into things like media and panic and all of this unbiased stuff that goes against what our true values really are. But because it's creating so much hype, we have no, we can't really turn anywhere else. So we start believing what we're hearing. Is this going to mean if anything's going to turn back to normal? Am I going to ever get back to a full-time job? Will my job ever start? A lot of this stuff, like you said, is out of our control. And I feel like once you start understanding that and you let go, and this isn't just for this uncertain time of our life. I think this takeaway in itself is beautiful to use in other areas of your life, whether it's relationships, friendships, jobs, promotions, new careers, new avenues, outside your comfort zone. There's only so much you can control. And once you understand to let go of the things that you can't, you feel a little bit more clarity. You feel a little bit more at peace. 100%, 100%, mate. Like I literally had this dip. The thing that pulled me out of it was actually straight away starting to speak to people who I knew might have needed needed their own thing. And, and, and as soon as I was like, right, I can't control this part. That I'm in this house and that thing is there. I can't do a thing about it. There's absolutely nothing I can do about it. I straight away was like, well, hang on. I know that person's having a bit of a shit time. or And, and so... Instead of focusing inwards on something that I couldn't control, I focused outwards on giving other people some energy and I found straight away that brought energy back to me and I just went, boom, straight, straight out. And I think it shows that, you know, if, if, you, if you can really spiral down if you, if you don't get your head around things properly. And it was weird for me because, like I said earlier, I've never really been a deep emotional person. I like to do things that make me happy, so I just do what makes me happy. And learning all this stuff about me hopefully maybe other people like with my sort of mentality might kind of learn from that as well. And even just people who, who are heavily, more heavily emotional than me might learn as well. It's like, okay, well, hang on. I, I'm feeling shitty four days in a row. What should I do? What can I do about it? I can complain about it or hang on. I know Sammy is a bit of a sensitive soul. Maybe I'll flick him a message and go, Hey bud, how you doing today? Thought of this meme. Here you go. Like shit like that. And just once you start to do that, then you, uh, you will, it pulls you kind of out of it. And that's what I've really learned. That's probably the biggest takeaway from this is for me is I've learned now for next time I feel shitty about myself and also just the friendships that uh, have meant more than, more than that, like I could imagine. And, and I've sort of mentioned those, those people I've told as well. So they're aware of that. There is really positive learning things to come out of this and they're the things we can control. Isn't that amazing, mate, that you've had to endure and go through this at this exact time of your life, which is a very rare moment for a lot of people at this particular time in your life to understand that, you know, you can go deeper underneath the surface and talk about things that are more meaningful and help unpack other people's discoveries within their self and teach and help other people. Isn't that amazing how you've had to go through this at this particular point in life to be able to understand that you are now able to have deeper conversations about more meaningful stuff that might help yourself and other people along the way. It's quite beautiful, isn't it, mate? Mate, yeah, I just hope other people can do that as well because, I mean, yes, I, I'm definitely going to come out of this as a, as a much better emotional person. And again, I, I don't want to say what I've had to go through because I think that's a really woo-is-me kind of way to sort of speak about myself and, you know, give me some affection and all that sort of stuff. But I've definitely learned, as, as I keep saying, I've learned so much about myself. The best thing about it is these connections, these emotional connections. Like, 
you know, my brothers and this, you know, we've got this little workout group we do at 11 o'clock every day. It's like random people and we all, and one bloke leads us. And then, you know, two days ago, we did that in fancy dress and then we all sat there and had three drinks and, and we, everyone had to ask each other questions and stuff like that. And I, I know three people in the group by like that I've actually met, but there's like 20 of us in there. And so straight away there's new connections to people there and they're, they're actors and there's photographers and there's, you know, all this sort of stuff. And it's really quite beautiful the way you can kind of connect with different people now. Yeah. It's amazing. You sound like you've taken a lot of great positives away from something that could have no doubt it's gotten a lot of people down and you've been able to rebound and, that's inspiring in itself and it's great to to be able to share this message with so many other people who might be right now sitting in fear and worried about leaving the house because they're worried about things that are out of their control and i think we we really understand and i think it's important that we all go back to the basics and just try and focus on you said it perfectly our own backyard try and remain calm if you were to give someone takeaways right from your own experiences and the things that you've witnessed in the short time in the past what are some things that have definitely stood out to you that have helped you when, when you were spiraling, especially from a mental side? The, the thing that you kind of need to remind yourself is, the thing is, I mean, Australia is a little bit different at the moment because I don't think they've got to where we are just yet with the severity of um, the situation. Uh, my brothers in Europe, they, they, were, they were ahead of us. So they were in lockdown before I even got sick. Everyone is going to go through this together. This is the biggest thing that ever happened to the world. There's every single person in the world has been affected by this. Like if you could, if you talk about say like the world wars and stuff, some countries weren't involved, but this is every single person in the world has in some way been affected by Corona, every single person. So everybody is going through it. So if we walk past that, I'm not going to reach out to Sammy cause you know, I don't want to be a sook and I don't want to, I don't want to talk to him cause then he's going to think that I'm weak and all that sort of stuff. Every single person is going to go through this. Once you realize that, okay, there's something going on with me today. I'm not feeling real good. I'm going to talk to that person. And everybody needs to know that you actually can speak to everybody because one, everybody's got time. Time is something that we're not really going to be um, poor with uh, in the next few months. And two, that person will have something to speak back to you about and they might not have known that they could reach out to you. So me talking to you, then you go, oh shit, he spoke to me. Maybe I can speak to him. And then you start to get that sort of stuff. So just because you feel crappy, don't sit there and go, oh, fuck it, I'm going to roll up in a ball. And sometimes you need to do that. Like sometimes you need to squat, squat in the corner and rock yourself to sleep. That needs to happen. Sometimes you need to feel, feel your pain and your anger and your depression and whatever. But I think the takeaway is that most people will listen to you if you come to them with an issue because they will do it back because it's going to happen. Everyone's going to have to have something that they have to speak about to somebody in this situation. Not one person is going to be like, how good is this? by myself i got shit tons of money you know uh, no one's like that none of that matters now anyway we're all on the same playing field and i think it's really neat that for the very first time we're all we're all on the same page in some regard you know we're all fighting for our primal needs food shelter connectedness and and i kind of find it very fascinating like you said this isn't just something that's affected a, a region or a, or a country it's affected the world in some way and it's there are a lot of great takeaways to take away from this. And I think, you know, we should remain calm. We should remain, practice self-care, looking after our own backyard, making sure that what's happening there is in control and, you know, it's safe and we're, we're staying as best as we can given what we've got in our control. You know what I mean? Yeah. The social media usage at the moment is through the roof. And some people are really negative about it. I, I'm like, if you need it, use it, whatever. I've, I don't, I've been using it a lot because I use it. To, that's how I'm connecting with people. But just every now and then, I, just, I, would, I would just implore people to be like, I haven't seen 
like Sammy hasn't put up a story for a little bit. Uh, I haven't seen much from him and he's normally pretty like pretty active, you know, try and think of like one or two people a day that just need a message. Cause there's like, everyone's going to go through it at a different time. And even if they don't need a message that day, but you give it to them, they'll think about it the next time when they need a message and they'll go, Hey, can I chat to you or something like that? Everybody's going through it. So if you can help someone in one way or that person can help you, then, then we need to do it. Amen to that, man. More and more people that spread positive messages that are realistic and that are in control and, you know, aren't, aren't adding to the fire in any way, shape or form from a panic point of view. I think, I think we're, we're all going to get through this one way or another. We're just got to hold on, you know, and have like, like we mentioned earlier, and I know it's, it's probably on a different realm, but it's about having, you know, try and remain calm, have thick skin understand the situation as best as you can don't get caught up in too much negativity via media and stuff that scares you and creates more fear and we're hearing from you from first-hand experience of someone that's actually contracted the coronavirus if you implement certain things in your life you know and very basic simple tools you get through these things and you can get through them bigger and better and take away a lot of learning you know you mentioned it yourself you've learned a lot from this experience and this is only over three or four weeks and you know, I don't want to. I don't want to make this whole thing go. Oh, look, so good. I got to do. I got to do this, and I got to learn this about me and all that sort of stuff. But it's just like we keep sort of coming back to is just to focus on positives that you can get, little wins you can get, because the rest of it we can't control. <laughs> we can by staying the fuck home, but we need to just take the wins we can get. And it's and it's funny how small a win is going to feel really big right now for people. Massive. I was dancing around the house the other day because I finished my garden bed. And that that's important, man. Yeah, it, 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 like it is. And just kind of break break down into little things. And then like there's nothing worse than somebody who's who seems like they've got their shit together telling somebody who doesn't have their shit together to be like, do this, do this, do this. Like, But hopefully hopefully people take one or two things out of, out of trying to change a mentality and just focus on helping other people. It will come internally anyway, but it'll actually just spread and it just spreads that positivity. And what's really nice to hear what you've been saying, mate, is out of all of this, to be able to have genuine, honest, authentic conversations with people and just communicating and having the confidence to share your own story, whatever the battle is you're experiencing right now. If you're struggling with your work, you're not sure what to do in your life, maybe it's a relationship breakdown, whether it's the coronavirus, whether it's a mental health problem, being able to sit there and be able to think about it you know, and look at the things that are in your control and maybe reach out to someone who you may be able to share that with or maybe out of checking with someone else might allow you that safe space to be able to share what you're going through. Exactly. And that's the beauty of having experiences like this in life. And and I think a lot of the listeners will be able to connect to this story in particular from that front. And I really, really believe that with the right level of support and the right understanding, I think we can all get through multiple challenges even at the one consecutive simultaneous time in life you know this is just one little challenge that we'll all get through and we'll look back on this in whether it's two months or five months or even a year from now and we'll think bloody hell i'm glad that happened because for that to happen in life for everyone now i'm doing a b and c in my life and that's the beauty of it you know and we all take away some sort of positives from from any situation in life and i'm a firm believer of that once this is done, I think there's going to be some amazing shit that comes out of it. Like, I can't wait to see my friend's music, uh, what movies are written, what TV shows are written, painting, photography, anything. I think we're going to be so starved to do all this stuff that I think when the doors open, hopefully, 
I think it might be 50-50 because the world tends to kind of slip back into habit pretty easily. But there's going to be so many good things to come out of this. And unfortunately, I keep, I know I'm focusing on the positive a bit too much maybe, but there is so much destruction from it for human life and things like that. But I think there is going to be a unique opportunity for the world to really quite reset and develop and hopefully some people in, you know, you don't, you shouldn't feel guilty about doing nothing as well. <laughs> if you want to use this time to go full slug mode, go for it. Like just, you know, you do what you do, what suits you the most um, in this time and, and everybody's going to come out with something positive from, from it. Hopefully. Definitely, man. Definitely. And to end on that note, before I close and before I find out where people can find you and, and everything else as well, I do want to say a special shout out to anyone who has experienced uh, traumatic loss during this time. If you're listening, if it's your family, if it's yourself, someone else that might be listening, a friend or a family member, stay strong, stay positive, try and stay connected as best as you can. Uh, as Higgsy mentioned, whether it's a simple text, whether it's a phone call or linking up a Zoom, a Zoom face-to-face or FaceTiming someone, even if it's for five minutes of a day, I think is very, very important. Big love to anyone out there who's maybe lost jobs, who's going through financial hardship, and even for the families and the parents that are supporting their loved ones through this time that, you know, they have to keep showing up for work and all those people out there that are on the front line. Much love to you guys. And you definitely touched on something really important with the health care workers as well. <laughs> the shit that they're having to go through right now is just, is just phenomenal. And, and, you know, I'm looking at sort of some ways here to try and help with that. But, like, I think if you, if you can in any way help a healthcare worker, just fucking do it because they're, you know, they're not paid well. They're sitting there like, you know, when, when I went in to get tested, like, you know, this woman came in, she's like, yeah, like I've, she had like triple fucking shit all over her and, She's like, yeah, I can't sleep in the same room as my as my husband and my kids and all this sort of stuff. And you know, she's she's probably she's not getting paid much and all that sort of stuff. All because she wanted to stick two things up my nose and see if I was sick. There is those sort of people, and they they are like they are heroes, absolute heroes, and and they're just doing it because they have to. I agree. And Higgsy, mate, um, I'm going to share. So we, we run an uh, It Ain't Week to Speak Facebook group, which is connected to the living.org Facebook page. It's a private group where people from the podcast as listeners can go and join and we continue the conversation after the show. So I want to share some of your content in that group, whether it be some of the work that you've done, photography, or whether it's you know some of your IGTV footage or whether it's part of this video itself on that group to share people what you look like, who we are and where we're from. Where can people find you, mate, if they want to track you down and just just follow some of your work you're doing? If anybody wants to run something by me, if anybody needs to talk to me, I'm just responding at the moment on my Instagram, which is Higgsy, H-I-G-G-S-Y underscore photography. But that's where like... Uh, I think there's seven videos of like the, the couple of weeks that I've been sick. I'm sharing a lot of information now based around like blood donation and stuff like that. But if you want to have a chat to me, honestly, <laughs> I've got plenty of time. Send me a message. I won't miss it. I definitely haven't been missing anything. I, I want you to reach out to me. I, I've, I need to pay forward the, the love and respect and generosity that was paid to me when I was, when I was sick. So if it's, even if it's just, you just want a calming word or you want to laugh about something, you want to send me a meme, anything like I, I, I do not hesitate to reach out to me. As I've sort of said, this whole, the whole journey was that it's not about me. It's about we. And to, um, to quote a famous Australian Ben Lee, we're all in this together. I'm here for anybody that wants to discuss anything with me. Love it, man. Love it. And I appreciate you, you being on the show. Thanks for uh, spending some time with, with me this morning, Higgsy. It's been very grateful to have you on. Thanks for sharing some of your insights, some of your journey. I'm looking forward to connecting with you over a few beers once all this is uh, done and dusted. 
couple of virtual frothies for yeah, you. Yeah, it might have to be, mate, like a Zoom party. But, mate, uh, thanks very much for, for supporting Livin'. appreciate you sharing some of your own personal journey with all of us. It's going to go a long way to share with our, our audience and our listeners. I wish you all the best in the very near future, brother, and we'll keep connected, all right? Thanks for having me, buddy. I really appreciate it. Keep doing, um, keep doing what you're doing because uh, even though you probably don't realize how many people you're helping, so... Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. We're all in this together, as you said, and it's a teamwork makes the dream work. Much love, guys. Thanks, buddy. Thank you again for listening in to another episode of It Ain't Week to Speak. Please like, share, and spread the love to as many people as you can. Let people know that you subscribe to the show. Don't forget to leave a review or a comment so that we can grow this community together because a conversation could save a life. If you want to continue this chat, please join me on the podcast Facebook group at livin.org. I can't wait to share the next episode with you, but in the meantime, stay well, keep living, and remember, it ain't weak to speak. Thank you and have a top day. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 